0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Uh, We are broadcasting live on both Rumble. Do I see Rumble up there or only Rockfin? I see Rockfin. Rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. You will find the entire DNBXR live on Rockfin. And uh, if you're a free listener, you can check out the video live streaming on Rumble as well at the Propaganda Report channel. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to lead off so Binkley can make sure that everything is uh, streaming correctly. Uh, One thing that's been in the news just day after day after day, it's coming to a head, as it were, uh, are abortion rules and proposed abortion laws across the country. And I've noticed that there are some extreme ones coming down in California and there are some extreme ones coming down in the South. I mean, there's been news every single day on this. Whoa, my <laughs> my. Dog is knocking my lamp over. OK, so uh, the thing that was in the news right this second was DeSantis, who is the governor of Florida, signed into law a 15 week abortion ban similar to the one in Mississippi that is being weighed by the Supreme Court right now. Now, it's uh, I think this one has some exceptions in it, but the importance of the of the law that's being considered by the Supreme Court is that what's basically settled law, although Roe versus Wade is totally unconstitutional, and anybody who thinks clearly about these things, knows that whatever your opinion is on abortion, Roe versus Wade is unconstitutional. But the way the court has treated it is that somehow, somewhere there's a constitutional right for a woman to have an abortion. Now, the reason it's unconstitutional is that according to the 10th Amendment, all matters of health and welfare and policing and all that stuff is reserved to the states. So that's why it really is not a It is not the purview of the Constitution, but they say that not only is it a right, that it's a right up until the viability of the fetus, which has been defined by them as being 24 to 28 weeks. So Mississippi basically has a ban that says you can't get an abortion after 15 weeks of gestational age. And DeSantis is following in the footsteps there. Florida is now uh, and today or yesterday, the Oklahoma governor signed into law a law that, in in my opinion, obviously clearly violates Roe versus Wade. So unless the Supreme Court is willing to overturn Roe versus Wade, they're going to have to stop this law. It bans abortion from the beginning of pregnancy, except if the life of the mother is in danger. It doesn't even have exceptions for rape or incest. And a provider could face up to 10 years in prison, but mothers would not face criminal penalties. But but the providers are not allowed to do it. And then there was a recent case in Texas where a woman was arrested for giving herself an abortion because she supposedly couldn't get one. That case looked like people were waiting for that to happen. So they would have an argument in front of the Supreme Court that these kind of laws are inherently dangerous. So uh, Kentucky just signed a law. Actually, the governor did not sign the law in Kentucky. The legislator legislature had to overrule it, had to override his veto. And they did that with a lot of things. So I guess both Kentucky branches of legislators are um, Republican and the governor must be a Democrat. In any case, they're opposed on many issues. And that, that law was kind of interesting. This is the Kentucky law. It imposed additional reporting requirements on providers related in part to abortions induced by medication. I think if I remember this case correctly, You could use telemedicine to get a prescription for a morning after pill. And in this case, they're saying have to go into the doctor. But like most things require you to go into the doctor, many things, I would say by far most things for prescription. So it also stipulates that providers can't dispose of abortion remains as medical waste and must work with a funeral home to provide individual burial or cremation. I think they're giving death certificates and stuff, which is obviously an emotional appeal to not do it. I mean, it's, it, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of like emotional, intense, emotional levers. I, so I'm not a fan of that, but.
1: So you're uh, not a fan of the news overall then. Cause that's all we have right now is intense, emotional levers being. Yes. The media.
0: Yes. 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 So the bill also bans most abortions after 50 weeks, 15 weeks of pregnancy with an exception for the life or health of the mother. And that is similar to the Mississippi bill. Um, Okay. So then in California, there are a couple of things that are in the hopper. One is that I, they said if, if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, which I have a comment on that, but that they would provide funding to women from other states. They won't call them women. They call them people, which is funny because, you know, you have to be a womb man in order to have a womb. So you could get going out on a limb to call women. We would have gotten
1: kicked off YouTube right there had we were still streaming on YouTube.
0: Yes, that is true. So they're saying that they will provide funding for women who need to travel out of state to get an abortion. Yelp and Citibank, I believe, are actually providing that funding to employees as we speak. So if you care about that issue, you might investigate that a little bit. Another thing that California has a bill up that would not hold parents accountable for perinatal deaths, which means deaths after the child is born. Now, this gave rise to a real hue and cry. People are, you know, because it sounds like it's allowing infanticide. So they had to revise the language and add in at the end, quote, from pregnancy related causes like drug use or reckless behavior. So if you get into a horrible car accident, you lose the baby. You could actually be charged with the murder of a nine month pregnancy um, if you did something reckless the way you would if it was a one day old baby. And they're saying that, you know, if the baby dies after it's born because of that, they're not going to prosecute parents for that. So I don't you know, I don't know how that law is going to be used. I think, you know, like Ron Paul says, this issue is really a cultural problem that like we accept it. A lot of people think it's a fine thing to do and that's what you have to worry about because even before the laws change, once that mindset changes, you have um, you have abortions and people are going to fight for it if they think it's right. So the reason I think that. So generally, I would say that all of this stuff is a setup to get the Supreme Court to rule unequivocally that the states cannot really regulate abortion to the extent they have been regulating it, maybe even beg Congress for a federal law that makes all this clear. And actually, Jen Saki did say on Tuesday that I uh, think she urged. Yeah, she urged Congress. This goes with what I was thinking to pass the Women's Health Protection Act, which I had never heard of before. Um, it would essentially codify Roe versus Wade, which, again, would still be unconstitutional, like the way the Defense of Marriage Act was an act passed by Congress. But it um, it got overturned and then. Furthermore, it made the Supreme Court say that there's a constitutional right to same-sex marriage, which, again, 10th Amendment issue. But the only reasons I think there's two possible reasons to overturn Roe versus Wade if you're big T they. One would be that you're actually trying to create that civil war. And we could see the way they had Black Lives Matter, had a lot of real protests and Portland was occupied and all these things from the left really get real. They tried to get Trump's stolen election really, really real on January 6th. And the only things I ever saw coming out of that that looked like it was real protests and stuff weren't. They were agents provocateur. Like, I feel like it didn't light fire, catch fire at all. So if they want real If they want real conflict, they're going to have to hit the left where it hurts. And Roe vs. Wade is our most divisive issue. So if they were to overturn it, then the left would go bananas. And you might get closer to that civil war that the guy on the Rockfin video last night that Stephen Marsh was telling us about that he's anticipating or writing fictional novels about. And then waking up
1: in the middle of the night about.
0: Yes, exactly. So and then there, there's. Uh, One thing that would be really, really long shot for me, but ever since that I saw that Elon Musk said he was worried about the population bust, and he was the first person to say he was worried about AI. He doesn't believe in government regulation, but he wants it for AI because it's so dangerous. That was like 10 years ago. Maybe less, but I'm pretty sure it was around 10 years ago. That's a, That was before it was really on people's radar. You did not think it was a problem in the here and now. He's now saying that he's worried about the population bust, and there really is a population bust in a lot of places. And then you have seen that in China, they overturned the one-child policy. So you know, it takes a long time for population changes, especially if they're policy-driven, to come down. So it could take 10 years or whatever. So if there is a reversal... You know, they've really ginned up. I mean, this is what I'm envisioning. They've really ginned up a lot of death from COVID and the vaccine. All that is resulting in a lot of death. And the death is hitting people with underlying problems, comorbidities. It's taking out the old, it's taking out the sick. So now you're going to have that really will be a population bust, not, you know, and they're, maybe they want to replace that, replace that with the offspring of the people who survived. And then in that case, they don't want you to have any more abortions because they really see it coming that you're going to have a massive fall off in population. I don't know. I think that's a real long shot. But if Elon Musk is throwing something out there, you know, I'm going to I'm not I'm not letting it go by without putting it in the hopper. So that's it. That's I think the abortion thing. I mean, you've really we've really got to watch what the Supreme Court is doing on that Mississippi case.
1: Yeah. And. What you're saying about them drumming up a civil war, it's similar to what they're trying to do in Russia. They're trying to stir the population to rise up against Putin using protests. It's like a color revolution that they're
0: it'll never yeah. happen in Russia. There's he's got yeah. an eighty three percent approval rating.
1: Right. So they're trying to get somebody on the inside yeah, it's probably to do something. M-
0: more likely that they want to have photo ops to justify the total BS propaganda that we... To make
1: us think that they're rising yes. up. And yeah. that's
0: what I would think. The Russian one would be like that.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Elon Musk, yeah. he caused a stir today. That's what he does. He's a P.T. Barnum-like character, not too unlike Trump. He offered to buy Twitter according to a Securities and Exchange Commissions document. And he filed this... I believe he filed it yesterday, and he offered to buy it for $54.20 a share, which is about $43 billion. And that would be an 18.2% premium to where the Twitter shares ended trading on Wednesday. So a substantial benefit for the shareholders, according to the latest closing, and a 38% premium to where they traded before his ownership stake was disclosed. So offering a pretty high price. And Musk said of the filing... He said, as as I indicated this week, I believe the company should be private to go through the changes that need to be made. I am not playing the back and forth game. I have moved straight to the end. It's a high price and your shareholders will love it. Now, I'm going to tell you what he said in a TED talk also today that he did for about an hour-long TED Talk that he did after this was disclosed. But right here, this to me, my ESG World Economic Forum Great Reset flags went up when I saw the comment. It's a high price and your shareholders will love it. We know that in times of the Great Reset that to put the shareholders first is to be evil and is to not adhere to ESG standards. So that very reasoning right there is the fundamental reasoning that a company like Twitter would reject because they do align themselves with the World Economic Forum. And Elon Musk has actually made past comments about ESG standards. Just last week, he said that in a tweet, he said, I'm increasingly convinced that corporate ESG is the devil's incarnate. (laughs) And then he said a couple of weeks before that, he said ESG rules have twisted, have been twisted to insanity and ESG rules have. Yeah, ESG rules have gone too far, I believe was the other tweet. So he has made statements openly against ESG, whether or not he is against ESG. I don't know, because he does seem to work with a lot of these companies like he works with the open AI that we discussed, the Google program and the one with LinkedIn founder, Reid Hoffman, which analyzes commentary on twitter and it creates bots realistic like bots i believe is one of the tactics they use so this could all be something to help improve his his open ai data for all we know but he's saying the right things in regards to the esg now on the ted talk that he was on later today or this afternoon before after he made that disclosure about his offer he said if this doesn't work i'm i don't i don't have confidence in management so he's got a plan b he 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 teased a plan B, and he said that Twitter has become a de facto town square. It's really just important that people have both the reality and the perception that they're able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Now, I agree they should have the reality. When I hear they need to have the perception of the reality – (laughs) little. Yeah, that's where the propaganda comes in is to create that perception of reality. And then he said, and one of the things I believe Twitter should do is open source their algorithm. And if they deemphasize or emphasize someone's tweet, that action should be made apparent so anyone can see it so that they know that there's no behind the scenes manipulation going on and he also said that he wanted to publish Twitter's ranking algorithm to a public examination like it like they do on github they have a lot of open source stuff on github and He said that people will still blame him for everything if he were to own Twitter. I think there will be quite a few errors in the beginning. And he says he feels now that changes he aims to bring to Twitter are worth it. He says it's important to the function of democracy. It's important to the function of the United States as a free country and many other countries to help freedom in the world. And a couple of other highlights is he said that if someone you don't like is allowed to say something you don't like, In that case, then we have free speech. It's damn annoying, but it's a sign of a healthy functioning speech situation. And when it comes to hard moderation calls, he said if it's a gray area, I would say let the tweet exist. And the case where there's a lot of controversy, you don't necessarily promote that tweet. He says he doesn't have all the answers, but they're just cautious ideas right now. And he says he thinks timeouts are better than outright bans. So there's Musk making moves on Twitter. What happens yeah. here? I don't know. I don't know if I trust him. What them. do you
0: think? What do you, what do you have any, I mean, you're pretty good at figuring what? out what the PR angle is going to be, what the,
1: my first thought was that he's generating more data for Google's open AI program, which has Reed Hoffman and all those other globalists involved in it.
0: That was so crazy. In that, in those clips you were playing me last night where the guy was just like, Oh, we would never um, use this for politics. When meanwhile, Reed Hoffman's in it and Twitter is the sewer of the sewer. And meanwhile, Elon Musk is one of the guys, I mean, who are in the consortium of open AI where this guy is working and what he's talking about.
1: Yeah. Right. So it could be something like that. It, could be he's saying the right thing, so he he could be he's being positioned positioned as an influencer for people who support these ideas who are anti ESG. So, which I will also point out that he's already been calling a Nazi and a racist and stuff like that. So he could be a figure a Trump-like figurehead that mobilizes people underneath it that they can then throw it in the the deplorables type bucket. He did also say that Twitter should follow the laws of the countries it operates in and other i otherwise not regulate. Now I don't know the laws of all the countries that they operate in, but that seemed like an interesting wrinkle to me. I'm going to wait and see where this goes before I form my opinion fully on it.
0: Yeah, well, it should be right. Hey, maybe we need him in a place of prominence because Trump is no longer here to
1: amuse us. That He is kind of filling that role. He is like he is. a Twitter troll. He's yeah, pretty he's funny the, on Twitter.
0: Yeah, he's the biggest personality we have right now. That's you know supposed to be real reality personality. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he makes a lot of boob jokes on Twitter also. Oh, does he really? He does. Yeah, he does. Are they funny? He said that the W should be removed from Twitter. And they should rename it that. It was one of his his jokes. I don't know if he makes his own tweets or not. Why?
0: Does he get the kind of like porn feeds that I get occasionally? Uh,
1: Well, he actually goes to sex parties in the UK and stuff like that. So I think he's probably a pretty pretty weird guy. He's probably into some of that eyes wide shut stuff for all we know. Yeah, maybe. So, Ukraine, we always have a little bit of Ukraine, Russian (laughs) news, can't go a day without that. And I thought I would bring a little bit about the public sentiment, because that is what all of this propaganda is about. It's about shaping the public sentiment so that they can have public support for whatever actions they have already planned on doing beforehand. And there was a, is it Quinnipiac? Is that how you say that? It's usually Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Thought, okay, yeah, Is that looks I right. A Quinnipiac University national poll. And I love that they emphasized it's a national poll of adults on the Ukraine crisis. So, uh, <laughs> not the poll where they asked children about yeah. what's going on, which I'm sure they probably did one of those also. They asked 1,400 adults nationwide. This is between April 7th and April 11th. And the surveys are conducted with live interviews. They're calling landlines. Who are they calling? Who's answering a landline? And they're calling cell phones. Yeah. Who is answering? My mother. Right. That's it. Pretty much. And they say the party, the party identification of the polls, they asked, are you Republican, Democrat or independent? And 26 percent Republican, 28 percent Democrat and 35 percent independent with 12 answering other. So there's your your demographics of this poll. And here are some of the results. Seventy four percent of Americans think the worst of the war in Ukraine is yet to come, while 11 percent think the worst is over. I don't know what the other 15 percent thinks. (laughs) Eighty two percent think that Russian President Vladimir Putin is a war criminal, while 10 (laughs) percent think that he is not a war criminal. 71% 71% I love this question too well no this isn't the best question but I'll tell you the best one in a minute 71% think Putin ordered Russian troops to kill civilians in Ukraine while 14% think that he did not the other 15% were killed by Putin themselves were unable to answer <laughs> obviously I made that last statistic up yeah 68% think that the U.S. has a moral responsibility <laughs> to do more to stop The killing of civilians in Ukraine, while 24 percent do not think the U.S. has a moral responsibility to do more to stop the killing of civilians in Ukraine. Now, that was my favorite question, because the actual question there was, do you think America should do more to stop the killing of civilians in Ukraine? so if you answer no, it's oh, so you you think that they shouldn't (laughs) stop the killings of all these civilians in Ukraine. So they just have the assumption that all of this news that has we have been provided no actual verification for any of it is true. And the base assumption of that. And then then we have. 74% 74% of Americans believe the United States has a moral responsibility to help the refugees fleeing Ukraine, while 21% do not think that they have that moral responsibility. And then some World War III implications 52% of Americans. Believe the United States should do more to support Ukraine, but not if it means increasing the risk of the United States getting into war with Russia, while 19% say the U.S. should do more to support them, even if it means risking getting into the war, while 22% say the U.S. is already doing enough. So there's where public sentiment is. And that 52% number is what I'm looking at, where, where I think they want to focus on if we want to take more action or if we want to really launch a World War III, that is the number. 52% 52% is, is is pretty good for people not wanting to get into World War III. I think they're going to want to bump that 19% up yeah. to yeah, yeah. really get public support for a war. For sure. Yeah. And with that in mind, Biden today did say that some top U.S. officials are deciding on whether or not to send some senior officials over to Ukraine to show support and a source familiar said that maybe Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin would go or Anthony Blinken, but neither Biden nor Kamala is going to be going over there. Hmm. And so that would just That's be a public relation. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was stuff.
0: weird that Bojo went over there.
1: Yeah. So I thought it was weird that Bojo went over there, too. But this appears to be another trend. And this is just another step in the. The public relations campaign to to say, look, this is a nation in need and we need to fight this war with them side by side for democracy, for the world. And I thought it was interesting, too, that the German president said that he was considering going over to Ukraine, but that they did not want him to because he was not wanted because of their historical uh, ties with Russia or openness to working with Russia. And that made me wonder, perhaps they didn't want him to go over there because if he saw something that maybe showed that what's being reported isn't true, that maybe he might change his tune on some things and they wouldn't maybe. want him.
0: Although yeah. he's a newbie, I'm sure. I mean, I just think he's deer in the headlights. Yeah, I think they maybe
1: they'll take him out. You know? No,
0: no, I think they've got him I think the, he'll do whatever they say until he gets his sea legs. He's going to have to yeah, get battered around a bit before he, he stands on his own. And I think they timed this perfectly for that. America probably wouldn't sully
1: her reputation with it. So they waited. for. Of course, go. of course. And we have some news out of Las Vegas about teachers because there's been a lot of violence, apparently, in, in schools in the Vegas district. I can imagine living in Las Vegas as a kid. You might be more, I don't know. Might be more I think inclined. it's really
0: it's really become more like suburban and stuff. It, it's it? really gotten very populated. I think you know what? Was that stripper polls inside a the hole.
1: schools? No. Okay. Yeah. But
0: good. people do say it's a hole, but I just I remember years ago, you know, the first time I lived in LA, it was like the nothing going on there. And now I feel like a lot of people moved there. Right. So like with families. Yeah, no, no yeah. I didn't know anybody who'd moved there with a family. I don't know when, 20 right. years ago, but I could, you know, maybe I'm just not in touch. I never lived there, but I've been there a few times, <laughs> quite I a said, few
1: times. Yeah. The Metro Las Vegas school district. I think it's like the fifth Clark County school, school district. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Clark County. That's right. They will be providing electronic panic button devices to teachers as it moves to boost security in the wake of events inst- of, of incidents that include a violent after-school attack that left a teacher injured and unconscious in her classroom. In addition to providing the teachers with panic devices, that are the devices are equipped with Bluetooth connectivity. The school district will upgrade security cameras and ask police agencies to increase their presence at schools. They announced this on Tuesday. The students will also be asked to wear orange jumpsuits. They want to continue moving that theme forward, the prison like scenario, (laughs) but no, that, that part's not real. But so the panic devices were issued after a 16 year old assaulted a teacher and is being charged with attempted murder. So that, I mean that's pretty bad. And if our teacher and I'm in that situation, one I think they would maybe want to hire teachers that can defend themselves or teach the teachers to defend themselves. Of course, you can never. There's no excuse for a kid attacking a teacher. Like I, I don't know how I, I feel about this. I think the surveillance aspect of it is bad, but I also I, I think the te- a teacher who that had that happen to her and her colleagues are going to be terrified and are going to want more security measures. Leading up to, it. what do you think on that?
0: Um I always feel like you know first of all, I feel like these things are fomented on purpose a lot of times to bring in policies that yep. they already wanted to implement again, actually, honestly, I feel like a lot of this stuff is cultural, so when they have you bus to a district that you don 't really live in, and your parents can 't go yeah. to the school, have relationships with the teachers there 's no accountability they have um, you know through various policy moves over the years, they promote women or both parents working i don 't care who would stay home, but like there was a time when you would actually have uh, a parent who was active in the kid 's life, could communicate with the parents even if they were poor it didn 't matter you could still take some responsibility. So, you know, when I see uh, you give this person a panic button, I feel like that's going to escalate right. things. Right. And so I that could, like the opposite yeah. is what you should do is just say, hey, you know, and I'm not a big person into like setting up protocols and all of that to, you know, these are the boxes we have to check to make sure that your kid is doing this and to make sure everybody's safe and yada, yada. It's it, this is the kind of thing where, a little touch goes a long way and and if you are truly a professional educator you I've met a lot of teachers along the way who really know how to reach you or your kid and mm-hmm. if the kid is troubled um y- you know escalating isn't okay if it's a life or death situation but right. a lot of like, times I'm going to press the button I'm going
1: to press the button a troubled a, yeah.
0: kid is somebody who really probably needs help beyond his control and I just you know I feel like I would I want to I want to walk stuff back not right. not literally press a panic button.
1: Because yeah, the question then becomes what boundaries do teachers have in pressing a panic button? Is it just when someone talks too much or someone's wearing something they don't like? And it's what so happens adversarial,
0: after? It's so yeah. outside the relationship. Like, yes, I understand if people are in danger, they are in danger. And but people are in danger everywhere, right? Like people are are in danger and not in danger kind of everywhere. So, being a cop is not the most dangerous job. And what yeah, you know, and neither is being a teacher.
1: Right. And what happens I think, when you press that? Like pantomime. construction worker is the most dangerous job, something like that. It's pretty dangerous. But the yeah. police officers bust in and take the kid to the ground once his panda button is pushed. That's what or is smoke come into the What happens? That's what i And know. what
0: about those two incidences in Henry County that one year they were one month apart? Ryan Johnson, who, yeah, he got a little crazy at home, but I think maybe one of his siblings called the cops and they wouldn't let anybody, they they got everybody out. And they they sat there for hours and hours and hours and finally just riddled him with bullets. Jeez. And then right down the street, a month later, William Powell or William David Powell or David William Powell, it was the middle of the night. Cops came to the wrong house. He was alarmed. He got a gun out. And um, the, according to his wife, the only witness who wasn't a cop, she said they did not announce themselves. He was opening the garage in full light and they gunned him down. So to me... It's it's a dangerous to. I wouldn't I wouldn't hit that. I wouldn't turn that dial to eleven unless I was really really sure that it was worth risking um, a worse outcome than than would likely happen. And I've had that yeah. with my own son who has Down syndrome. Is that you know he'll he'll freak people out, and if they call the cops, then all of a sudden you've introduced like you know, deadly weapons into the
1: situation.
0: And that can yeah. scare people, especially if they have mental problems.
1: Maybe they just put the teacher in like a, a six foot bulletproof box where nobody can Like enter. The, the, yeah. Pope had that. Right. the Pope like Mobile? Yeah. Right. Like the Pope Mobile. They put them in a the Pope Mobile <laughs> version <laughs> for teachers. So I, I have something about the New York City technology that you talked about a little bit yesterday, but I will save that for the XR.
0: All righty. Well, before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we dig into some big changes to the propaganda report, I want to tell you about the XR. The video platform Rumble rejects calls to censor right on Rumble. And another update on the subway shooter. So I also want to shout out, of course, our favorite Sponsor uh, Hemp Science, and you can check out Science.com and all of their extremely high-quality CBD products. And if you want to support us, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Get those search engines going. And uh, now one more word from our other sponsors right now. Now for the deepest dive of the day. And... I have big news. It is big disruptive news, I'm sorry to say, but it's not bad. It's just different. So please listen through to the end. Binkley and I have been doing the Drive Time News Blast for almost three years. We are approaching our thousandth show, actually. And although I really wanted to celebrate that milestone, some changes in my life are making that impossible. So beginning May 1st, I'm going to step back from co-hosting the DNB. I know that literally thousands of people listen to the show every single day and we are part of people's daily routine and we just heard from Kathleen and other people like you're the only I actually heard this like three times over the past week you're the only place I get news now and I don't blame you because the mainstream media is extremely uh, difficult to plow through every day. And for me, this show has been the central focus of my life since we started. And I know that's true for Binkley too. Uh, And the show took on an even greater role over the past two years. And I've told you, but you would not believe how many emails I've gotten saying that Binkley and I have kept some people sane during this time of almost total insanity. And I have to say that those emails have kept me sane. So I feel like that was just an essential thing for the past two years that we really needed each other. And I don't know how we would have gotten through that time with our spirits intact if we hadn't had each other. And I'm very grateful to you all for that. But things change and sometimes they change fast. And that's what's happening to me. A few changes in my life with my kids and my family have really pushed me over the tipping point so that... There are demands on my time and a need for flexibility that make it impossible for me to do a full length daily show and to fulfill my commitments to subscribers, which is very important to me, I like to fulfill my commitments, but I'm not totally abandoning my post and Binkley for sure will remain steadfast. So don't panic. I'm going to tell you how it's going to work. I gave a lot of thought to how I could still add value within the confines of the other demands on my time. And I can talk about that. I'm going to talk about that in the XR and as the next couple of weeks go by. But I know that what people love, one of the big things that people love is the back and forth with Binkley that we have and our camaraderie and our humor. Um, But short of that, I have determined that my greatest value added is the deepest dive of the day. And I think I can um, do that most days. So I'm basically going to spin that off. I'm going to post a daily deep dive to the propaganda report feed as a standalone po- podcast every weekday morning if i can hopefully just in time for your morning shave or your makeup routine and i have heard from listeners who shall remain nameless that they do sometimes listen in the shower so maybe i'll try to make it the same length as a nice long shower to wake you up in the morning Uh, but binkley will continue with the full length dnb in the afternoons so you'll still have the drive time news blast to keep you company on your commute home in the evenings you'll just have a little quick hit from me in the morning um, And I will continue to do interviews for the free feed when I can. And Binkley will carry on with all the XR content, the live streams, other special features on Patreon and Locals. And best of all, we will continue to join forces here on Rockfin for the deep dives. So you will still be able to catch us together right here on Rockfin.com slash Propaganda Report. And so that's the story with the content. So that's a lot to digest. I know I'm like have had been very conflicted about this. I would never, um, you know, obviously we just can't control everything in our lives, but, uh, but there is one thing that has been the most important thing to me during this show, um, and our experience of the propaganda report, and that is making connections and building community. So a main reason, a major reason why I'm going to continue to post as often as I can is that I want to keep this platform, Going and active. I know Binkley's going to do it, but I want to make sure I continue to keep people informed about who's doing what and where in real life. And so I'm going to ask you to keep sending, please, the to the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com, your events, your meetups, your farmers markets, your agoras, your live shows, your fairs, and anything else you want to invite our listeners to. And I'll continue shouting them out. Binkley, I'm sure, will continue shouting them out if we Ask him to. And if you tell me in plenty of time, I will send you a Propaganda Report T-shirt so that you can be a rallying point for folks looking for friends in the crowd for the shout out that you want to invite people to. Um, so I would like to just wrap this up. I probably went on too long, but um, for being just to thank the listeners and the audience for being such a wonderful community. I mean, so... Off the charts, smart and courageous and principled, you are really a port in the storm. And I know Binkley will remember that at WSB. I mean, people were just always marveling at how smart and cool our listeners and our callers were. And that has definitely just gotten uh, more true for the podcast. But most of all, I want to thank you, Binkley, for being so supportive of me, especially during the really crazy stress we all experienced during lockdown there were quite a few times when it was down to the wire i know you know the times i'm talking about when i just did not know if i could get a show out it was very sometimes it was really hard but you were always ready to carry the load solo and you did so without listeners even realizing it so uh, it is with full faith in you that I ask the proppers out there to continue to support you in this endeavor to keep the DNB going. I will certainly do my best to be there for you when you need me. And uh, I will even accept the occasional invitation for a live stream or a meetup, maybe at the new neighbors. So if you are tuning in live, feel free to put questions and comments in the feed and we will get to them in the XR and I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Binkley. Um, you know, it's not ideal, but this is how things roll
1: sometimes. Well, you will certainly be missed, that's for sure.
0: Well, we will we'll still do the Rockfin stuff, and I'll continue to contribute what I can. Um, and then and there's some things I'm really looking forward to. My kids are, you know, they were locked down for two years. This is my last summer with them at home. And uh, so I'm going to keep people posted from the road at some of the cool things I'm going to do. I'm trying to take a trip up to Oregon to all our homesteaders and farmer friends up there. And, uh, anyway, so hopefully there'll be a lot of fun stuff in our future. And, you know, you never know. Sometimes things are bad. Sometimes things are good. We'll just see how it unfolds. So with that, let's get to the XR so we can, um, let me see if I can get us out of our of this rumble feed, but we'll go to the XR and answer some questions.
1: All right, you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at the propreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or app with the Propaganda Report Podcast feed. If you want access to the live stream like we're doing today, you can subscribe to us at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. You can also find our other premium content at patreon.com slash propaganda report and propreport.logos.com where we have different offerings on each platform. We will talk to you guys next time or in the DNB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.